0: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Detox Podcast, a culture and conversation podcast where you can detox from the world around you and get a window into how other people live their lives. Come detox with detox. I'm your host, Joe Shaw, and on today's episode, I welcome comedian Jeremy Nunez onto the show to discuss his latest stand-up special, Who's With Me?, Jeremy and I talk about comedy. We talk about his former career as the mayor of his town, as well as his former career as a professional wrestler. Jeremy is one of the most interesting people I think that I have been able to interview on this show. Just the many different ways his life has uh, taken a turn into different careers is really interesting, and I think you're definitely going to enjoy it. Do want to let you know that this episode of the podcast is sponsored by Snuffy. Snuffy is a clothing brand about empowering you to show your weird unapologetically with bravery and confidence. 10% of profit goes to LGBTQ plus organizations led by trans people of color. Shop online now at snuffy.co. That's snuffy, S-N-U-F-F-Y dot C-O. The owner and operator of Snuffy is my good friend of the podcast, Nick Silvestri. Uh, He designed the Detox Podcast logo. So if you like the logos, you want to go support them, go check it out, snuffy.co. And this episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Empire Toys. Nostalgia is something everyone loves, and Empire Toys in Keller, Texas is on nostalgia overload. With toys and action figures from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and today, Empire Toys is a one-stop shop for a trip down memory lane and a chance to reclaim what was once yours but likely sold at a garage sale. Check out Empire Toys on Facebook, Instagram, or at TheEmpireToys.com. And one of the owners and operators of Empire Toys is a good friend of the podcast, Matt Halk. Matt was on episode 168 to talk about Empire Toys, as well as his story, Um, and I think you should definitely go check it out. So if this is your first time checking out the Detox Podcast, welcome. Thank you for joining. We're really excited to have you here. If you've been a listener for a while, welcome back. We hope that you take the next 45, 50, 60 minutes of the show and are able to set aside your worries and cares for the day and really just allow yourself to detox from life and get a window into how other people live their lives. So if you do like the show, please make sure and rate, review, subscribe, share the show with a friend. And regardless, relax. My conversation with Jeremy will be right up after this. What's going on? My name is Joe Shaw and I host the music podcast After the Encore. After the Encore is a long form, career retrospective podcast that takes you behind the music of some of your favorite artists. Musicians like John Oates of Holland Oates, Chris Kirkpatrick of NSYNC, and Jarrett Reddick of Bowling for Soup, and many others. Each season of the podcast is themed around a different topic, like the boy bands of the 90s, badass women in music, or even artists that were featured on the TV show, The Voice. I am committed to taking you deep inside an artist's mind to find out why they do what they do, what does music mean to them, and how do they quantify success. We tell an overarching story which will take you not only behind the music, but into the psyche of the artists themselves. After the Encore is a proud member of the Roberts Media Group podcast family. Check us out on any of your favorite podcast platforms today. Welcome back to Detox Podcast. And who's with me? Jeremy Nunez. Jeremy, how are you doing today?
1: Good, man. Nice use of the <laughs> lingo, Joe. I
0: know, right? I want to just like, let's get the plug in right up at the top. I feel like that's the, you, you, uh, you have the full attention of the audience. Let's just drive <laughs> it on home. And you're on the show today. We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. I got a ton of notes. I'm super excited to dive right in. Uh, but first, let's talk about your comedy special that's on Amazon Prime. So we've had a comedian on before. Good. Good friend of the show, TJ, who had uh, his special up on Amazon, and so it's only fitting that we bring another Amazon comedian back, Jeremy Nunez. Uh, so N- Nunez, not Nunez, because yeah. down here in Texas we're used to Nunez, and there's no um, there's no accent the, on the end. The tilde.
1: It's not, right. Doesn't have the tilde.
0: Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, how are you doing? And t- talk to us about the Amazon Prime special, "Who's With Me."
1: So uh, it. We filmed it, uh, late November, 20, okay. 2019,
0: okay.
1: and then all set to release, uh, February 20, eh, maybe March, 2020. Uh, and then of course, uh, we have the hiccup of, of the, the Rona. <laughs>
0: Just a in, little bit.
1: It, <laughs> um, so like the, you know, so our editing people were blocked up a little bit and then the distribution people were blocked up a little bit, et cetera, et cetera. So it ended up releasing May, I believe, 2020, mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, just in time for the weather to be nice and people to not want to be inside. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Um, but, it's, I mean, it's, it's done fine. I th- As far as, like, uh, every review thus far, I think, is all five stars, and there's one four star, I think. Okay. Uh, lady's name was Karen, by the way. <laughs> well, uh, of course. Of course. <laughs> like, why wouldn't it be, right? <laughs> right so, on brand. <laughs> yeah. So, there's actually uh, somewhere in maybe 24, 425-ish total reviews, but far more downloads. You know, a lot more people actually watch than than review. But yeah, so it's uh, going fine. I got my first check. Nice! uh, yeah. So that's helped with the no comedy shows anyway. So, <laughs> right. You know, I um,
0: so if you're so uh, we'll plug it here again at the end of the show. But if you're listening and you want to go support Jeremy, go go ahead, go download it, go watch it on Amazon Prime, then leave him leave him a five star review and help him out. And let's uh, let's bump the bump those check numbers up and make it a little bit nicer. I gotta tell you, last thing I did before lockdown last year. I should say shut down, uh, well, lockdown, shutdown, tomato, potato, um, was go see a comedy show. So I got to see Nicole Byers here locally in Dallas and she was coming through and we were all joking and everything was fine. And there's lots of nailed it jokes and all kinds of good things. And then, you know, like a handful of days later, it's like, Oh, we're not doing that again for the foreseeable future. Really <laughs> glad we got one last hurrah out of everything.
1: <laughs> yeah. I could, I could tell you, um, I was, I was really starting to take off, uh, you know, got the Dry Bar Comedy Special, for those that are familiar with Dry Bar, I'm on there. And uh, so it's really kind of blowing up from there. And then word that the Amazon Prime Special is going out was, was kind of blowing up. I'm on satellite radio. It's all coming together. Right. And uh, first weekend of March 2020, I was slated to be uh, at this sort of ballroom seats uh, a, little, a little over 200 people okay. in Wisconsin. And we're sold out and I'm making the drive up and the promoter calls me. It's like, I don't know what's going on. A bunch of people just canceled. Ugh. And then like an hour later, I don't know what's going on. More people just canceled. Ugh. And that, so I get there, we went from 200, had 12 people. And I'm like, Whoa. this is weird. And um, I'm kind of like talking to the audience. It's like, what do? Where are all the people? Do you guys think it's that, that Corona thing? Like, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. We had no idea. Yeah, what, exactly. And so, where everybody, you know, everybody's, all the comedians are all making jokes. Like, I don't know what it is, but it gets better with a lime. Right. <laughs> that was every, every comedian's right. joke. With it. Right. And uh, so that's where I'm making jokes about, oh, this virus, because you drink too much beer and, you know, right. everybody laughs. And then, you know, I did a sh- corporate show that like Tuesday, maybe and same thing they'd planned on around 150 and about 20 people were there hmm. and again everybody i was like well, what's going on i mean, we're eating the the so we got a public gathering we got a food buffet right everybody's in <laughs> right. all the no-nos <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and uh and then you know sure enough they're like yeah well the company presence there and he's like hey uh this is gonna be our last gathering tomorrow we're gonna um Send everybody home till we can figure out how they can work from home. Oof. Is it now? Isn't that funny too? Every we, right. we, we had to figure out how to work from home. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. and it seems so silly now that we have, we have to be like, let's see, how can I work from home?
0: Right. I mean, it's yeah. it's so crazy. There's so many companies still like you know had people with desktops and didn't even have laptops and just trying to build the infrastructure to to work remotely. I mean, it's all. And here we are, like uh, a a year. Almost to the day, well, for a lot of folks And then, you know, staggered out throughout March But it's it's been crazy I will say, I usually start out And I just dug right into the plug right at the top But I do like to start out these shows by asking a, a question To level set the episode So Jeremy, what
1: are you currently detoxing from? <laughs> well, it might be the theme of the podcast, right? man I was thrilled to be locked in my basement away from the kids <laughs> Fair enough <laughs> So, yeah, man. Uh, so we've got two little ones. I've got a, a six-year-old boy, two-year-old girl, and um, I joke about this, but this is a true story. My my wife always makes me nervous because anytime she's going to try to get our little girl to take a nap, my wife says she's going to put her down. Oh no! I'm like, oh, last time I heard that, my dog didn't come home. Right. <laughs> you know, he just went out to a field
0: somewhere. It's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I hear it's called a pasture. Away. Yeah, out the <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, but I want to. I want to start out. I mean, there's a. There's so many different things. I'm. I'm so curious, and I think you might be one of the most more interesting people that I've researched uh, in a long, long time. Because there's a couple of different uh, paths that you've taken in your life, from uh, comedian, uh, professional wrestler. I mean, just all kinds of different mayor. You know, let's just like all the different things. I guess perhaps maybe uh, one thing that I guess I would start with is I want to know what was your uh, motivation to become a stand-up comedian? What really drew you to comedy as kind of a performance art? And and how did that start? How did that path start to evolve for you?
1: Well, it started for me, I had an interest in... um... Let's see. So I was in kinda of like mid late high school. Whose line is is it anyway? It was oh yes. A big show. Yep. And uh I was a big fan of Ryan Styles. So I'm six seven, as is he. Yes. And so I even like grew my, my sideburns down past my ears just like <laughs> him. And I had my hair like him. I you know, I'm bald now. Do you have but the clown then, you know, had... shoes too, or the bowling shoes. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. So I actually even converted my pro wrestling shoes that happen to be yellow (laughs) and started wearing those when I was doing stand up. (laughs) Perfect. Because we, as comedians, you know, uh, when you first start out, you don't realize the goal is to be the first you. Mm. But we all just tend to follow, I'm going to be just like the next ryan styles right you know so nobody has a reason to buy tickets to see the guy who's like ryan styles <laughs> they're going to go see Ryan, you know right. so yeah. but it takes us so long to figure that out but so i uh got into to improv first dabbled in stand up a little bit just because it was similar art form right and then uh made my way to the second city uh graduated on the uh, the dean's list at second city no, I'm just kidding next month <laughs> I was like oh yes of course obviously right <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but so yeah so at second City is doing improv there uh, there's another comedy theater called improv Olympic up there so it's doing a lot of shows at these two places um, and eventually kind of felt like it was running its course the improv Olympic uh, regularly sort of breaks up groups and then reassigns them to new groups to kind of keep the energy fresh and stuff so they just broken up mine, and they're like, oh, it's going to be probably another month or so, and then we'll have a, a new group for you to be part of. And about then, all the stand up started to line up, and uh, I was like, well, maybe now's the time I can go full-time in stand-up. Because uh, one of the things is, when you do improv, uh, all it takes is one bonehead to ruin the whole show. Yeah, fair. <laughs> the, so one person <laughs> on your team messes it up, and you're like, man, if this stupid idiot wasn't on my team... <laughs> Right, right, right. So, uh, so, and then, of course, if it goes great, then you all share in the glory, right. even though you're like, well, it was really me and that guy and that guy. Kind of, you know what I right. mean? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, from there, you know, kind of dove into stand-up full-time. Uh, Come from a small town, we all have, uh, the, we're sort of urged to follow in our family's footsteps. Sure. So, my grandpa and then my dad both owned a trailer park. And the, the plan, you know, my grandpa passed it to my dad. The plan was then to pass it to me. And my dad's like, well, I, I really wish you wouldn't do that stand-up. I want to <laughs> pass on a trailer park to you. <laughs> and I was like, but I can make just as much money, tens of dollars, doing stand-up comedy. So... <laughs>
0: So are you still on track to inherit the trailer park, or is that has uh, that gone gone by the uh, the wayside?
1: I think it's by the wayside. <laughs> I get the impression my sister's being groomed to take it over. Oh, gotcha. So. <laughs> I've been kicked out. Right, I've been right, kicked out. Right. Well, that's interesting though.
0: Talking about being from a small town, because that that's it's kind of how you got elected mayor. I mean, a, it was a bit of a joke, but but you you. I, I still struggle to understand the motivation to to put yourself on the ballot. And then did you even have like a like a campaign that you went after and solicited votes or did you just kind of go like, well, I'm just going to do it and see what happens. How did that even start to come about as well? well so
1: <laughs> <laughs> before I answer, I have to ask, did you see the special yet?
0: I saw clips of it, I will say.
1: Oh, OK, so <laughs> I the thing I ran for office as a joke. So I got my name on the ballot as comedian Jeremy Nunes. and my campaign slogan was "Put a real joker in office." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, no, but, so I actually I joke about that. That's uh, not entirely true, but so I got I got in as an alderman first. Sure, uh, and the reason I ran for alderman was as a comedian. I traveled all over the country and saw all these amazing small towns, um, and I thought, man why can't my town be like this? I mean, my town is like trashier than a dumpster, you know? So, so I was like, I want to help. I want to help mm-hmm. turn my town around and propose ideas that I saw all over, sure. you know? And so that's how it started. And then from there, it uh, didn't take long. People were encouraging me. They're like, you're the next mayor. You're the guy. And I'm like, I, I don't want to be the mayor. And they're like, you're obviously the smartest one. You ask great questions. And by great questions, these are things I would ask. How much will that cost? <laughs> is there how, how another much will option? It cost? Yeah. Is there another option? Um, <laughs> things like this and people are like, whoa, who, I don't know who the, the whiz kid is coming up through the ranks here. <laughs> and then, so it's funny you bring that up. Are we, do we have video for this also or, or audio? No, only? This is just audio only. Yeah. Okay. So, well, you can see behind me since you and I are video. Right. Uh, right here. That is the cover of my book, which releases in May, I just announced today. So I wrote this book, You Can't Write, City Hall. Um, And it's all about these stories of of things I experienced when I was mayor. So, so many people said, you have so many great stories, you need to put this into a book. Uh, So I did, got a publisher (laughs) and we released May 4, You Can't Write, City Hall.
0: I love that, that's fantastic. So another great reason to to talk about this. So go pre-order it now because you won't want to miss this. I mean, I, I, I laugh all the time. I was a huge fan of Parks and Rec. And so I would laugh all the time at some of the ridiculous uh, storylines they would have through the show. And then only come to find out that uh, some of that was based off of real stories or real stories they had heard from other people um, when they were trying to come up with ideas. And then I've, you know, tried to get involved in my local city and just the this is what gets me is Mm -hmm. I will watch. Uh, a city council meeting from time to time to stay informed. And, you know, if you're at work, you have like, oh, this meeting is from one to two or two 30 to three or at the most, right? Like one to three, like yeah. hour blocks. Here's the agenda. We're going to do our best to get to all of it. Hard stop. At this point, these city council meetings will go for like eight hours and people <laughs> will just argue about, what feels like nonsense. And there's, I remember watching, there was like a a brewery getting uh uh, uh proposed to build. And I thought this is going to have a lot of debate, a lot of discussion. And there was some, right. There was some based on just where are they building? Are there any issues with the other tenants in the strip, whatever, all this stuff. And then it was like, okay, it was pretty much a non-issue. I mean, it was wrapped up in like 45 minutes and I thought this was going to go all night. And then the next thing was like a conversation about like, somebody had a question about a salon that does microblading that took like four hours to discuss. <laughs> I'm like, why are we taking four hours on this? And then, and then like the next agenda item was like something that I was interested in that was like relevant about like water billing and structure and like, you know, taxes. And they're like, Oh, we're gonna have to table this the next one. I'm like, really? Really? We spent all this time on microblading, but we're sure. Let's table the tax discussion. And it was really just somebody not understanding what microblading was, and the owner explaining to half the city council what microblading was, and then yeah. people interrupting with additional questions. And I'm like, this is we have Google for this, folks. Like, why are we? What are we? Do? So I just i joke that like this is ridiculous it seems like it's not accurate but then you're correct in that like you can't write city hall some of these stories like they're really happening so what i guess maybe just as a as a as a tease for the book what's one story uh that you could give us about maybe your time in <laughs> working within the local city government
1: <laughs> well it's funny you say that so true story um Help me remember to come back to that, okay? okay but, right. So you, you prompt, prompted me to think. For real, the longest argument we had in my in my time as mayor was, where are we going to have dinner for the Christmas party? <laughs> <laughs> so we had uh, all all kinds of arguments over just the dumbest stuff, like you said, and so. Probably what you were watching and experiencing, this is how a lot of it would go. So I'd say something like, um, I think we need to repave Park Street. And someone would go, yeah, it's in pretty bad shape, especially by uh, uh, Joe Smith's house. And they'll be like, wait a second, Joe Smith still lives down there? (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah, he (laughs) does. Well... (laughs) My grandpa's cousin used to live in that very house. Really? What was his name? Earl Schmidt. Earl Schmidt. My grandpa went to high school with an Earl Schmidt. Is that... Yes. And then it's, it just keeps snowballing. And then after like two hours, you're like, Oh, so by the way, are we going to, we're going to resurface that? Oh yeah. No problem. Okay. Next topic. <laughs> That's so, that, Oh yeah. Go. Ahead. Um, But to circle back, uh, um so this story it's i'm going to use finger quotes quotes based on the true story sure my publisher encouraged me to make it fiction for uh to lawsuit purposes sure <laughs> so um but this story has attempted murder it has uh it has theft it has uh embezzlement i've there's so much stuff that you have no idea, <laughs> but so um, let's see what's a good story. I'm trying to think of one that's not already in my standup act that people I'm might sure. have seen already. <laughs> um, so <laughs> one that comes to mind regularly had people kind of come to the to the door or call me with con- concerns or questions, whatever. And so one, I'll give you a couple. So at one, had this this family comes to our house. Christmas Eve, bump, 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 knocks on the door. And um, I see them all standing there with with sheets of paper in front of them. And I was like, oh, honey, come here. We've got some carolers out front. (laughs) Because it's Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy's like, we're not caroling. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I just saw it. It's Christmas Eve. I thought, he's like, no, we have petitions because we want you to trim back all the trees that overhang <laughs> on the side roads, and I was like, uh, "Well, it's like Christmas Eve. I'm not really gonna
0: <laughs> yeah. like
1: uh, have my crew go." And I, and I even brought up, "Well, by we just trimmed all those this the, in the fall. That shouldn't be an issue anyway." And they, they have this like Mondo camper, and they're <laughs> mad that their Mondo camper and it's 15 feet in the air was scraping. So anyway, um, I was like, "Okay, geez, well, how how many petitions you got? And they're like, we got three sheets. So they hand them to me and they walk off. So it's like a mom, dad, and like a a teenage daughter. And they walk off and they're looking at the sheets. Each sheet has one name, which is each of their names. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) it was just their way of saying, we have three pages of signatures one signature per page. Yeah. Right. Oh my goodness! And after all that, no
0: carols, no Christmas carols, no. Nothing. I did not get a carol. Oh, no. that's the worst. That just makes me like. That just brings me back to Parks and Rec and the guy. Every time they would have like a forum, there would be the one guy that would stand up and say, "Ham and mayonnaise. We want ham and mayonnaise." <laughs> and he would just lead the crowd in a ham and mayonnaise chant. And I'm like, "This is ridiculous." But it, I mean, you know, just like. The uh, uh, not uh, it cracks me up what some people choose to get upset about when there's like literally anything else to talk about. Oh,
1: yeah. But. I had uh, <laughs> uh, one of the people that came, reviewed and put an endorsement in the book. Uh, they actually said it seems like a, a triple crown mashup of uh, Parks and Rec, uh, Lake I don't know the term the, how it's pronounced Lake Wabagon Days, Wobagon Days. Mm. Uh Garrison uh Keeler, I think's his name. Kyler? Does that ring a bell? Um No. But, so <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say Lake Wabagon Days. So okay. crown mashup of Lake Wabagon Days, Parks and Rec and the stand up comedy of Jeremy Nunez. Nice. And so uh we'll see where it goes. Uh yeah, yeah. like we said, you can you can pre order now. It's all over. I know Barnes Noble, Books a Million, Walmart even has it now, I think, too. So nice. We'll see where it goes. Maybe I'll make up uh, all the money I lost during the pandemic. Right.
0: <laughs> Who knows? Fingers <laughs> crossed. Yes. So when did you leave
1: public office? Um, Let's see. Well, I don't know if I really want to say because it might oh, give away the ending. Fair the enough. Book. Fair yeah. enough. No worries. Yeah. We'll leave but that alone. I'm not alone. in it anymore. Okay. Yeah, I can there we say go. that. that uh-huh.
0: That's really the takeaway here. I was like, you're not yeah. currently writing. <laughs> right? This isn't oh. an inside source says. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all good. No, I waited, uh, you know, while I was mayor. A lot of people would be like, "Why don't you tell stories about being mayor?" And I always said, "I don't know if it's really appropriate," you right. know. And the thing is, so I never intended to be mayor. I never intended to use what happened as mayor for comedy. Sure. Um, and always people get pushing me. Why don't you tell these stories? Uh, so then, as mayor wrapped up, that's when I started telling the stories. Mm. And then as the stories grew and grew, then people were like, "You got to do a book. You got to do a book."
0: Right. It's so, good. I want to I want to um take a moment and transition I I've, I I got to know about the pro wrestling background I just I got I grew up (laughs) so I grew up you know um my parents passed the love of Hulk Hogan down on to me was a little Hulkamaniac from a young age and then grew up honestly obsessed with Nitro and WCW and Sting and DDP and all the good ones um and I faithfully watched it up until their demise um for better and worse and then kind of Slacked off a little bit, made the transition over, and then took a hiatus up until, um, I would say, October 2019, when a little piece of wrestling came back to TNT called AEW Dynamite, which uh, I know, and I'm going to plug that you do a podcast recapping Dynamite. It's a Dynamite drop in. So if you, like me, enjoy Dynamite and want a little bit of, uh, um, I would say, uh, nightcap, On the show, you should go listen to to Jeremy's podcast and your co-host on that is another comedian Lee something.
1: Lee Harden. Yes, yes. he's uh, also a comedian, uh, another dry bar comedian also for no- those who follow dry bar. Yeah. Well, there you
0: so. go. You should definitely check it out. But so I, I, I'm well versed, I would say, more than a casual uh, passing of the sport. And so I am really uh, cur- Locally here, we used to I grew up. So just a fun aside that I don't think anybody knows because nobody is ever on that is interested in this. But there was a local. NWA affiliate down here in Dallas Fort Worth called NWA Texas for a number of years and so I went to several of those shows and Kevin Northcutt was the big NWA Texas heavyweight champion for a long time um, but like uh, Hernandez was here for a little bit and then a couple others but my favorite my favorite memory was Steve Car- post ECW Steve Carino came down he was the NWA world champion was doing the, the circuit tour and I had a like a I don't know a wrestling magazine that had like a, a Pull out photo of him and he signed it and he just chatted to me before the show for like ever. And that dude was super cool. And he put on a hell of a show. And then now I have no idea where that magazine is. Like my parents packed it away and I don't know, but that memory, right. The memory of getting to meet him and see him was, was awesome. Um, and that place is no longer there. So all of that, that's a long aside, but I'm really curious, what was your background in professional wrestling and then uh just really what drew you to it and then what pulled you out of it at a certain point
1: so uh like you i grew up just loving it Mm -hmm. you know i uh i watched uh in springfield illinois at the big civic center andre the giant and hulk hogan and andre the giant gave hulk hogan a headbutt missed him (laughs) by about two feet but somehow still knocked him out and <laughs> i was like this is awesome right so uh, <laughs> um but i was hooked ever since and then um actually you know got into it and and did the the training for it did it did shows um i was the first person see back in the day it was not normal for uh it's a little bit of history for you and trivia it was not normal for people just be put into tables all the time you know you see it all the time now yeah it was super rare yeah right so back when i wrestled you actually used to have a license to wrestle
0: oh right from like the athletic commission or whatever
1: yes yeah it was same license it was a boxing and wrestling license Uh, and eventually, I finally got around it when Vince McMahon was like, okay, come on, guys, it's not real. Right. And they're like, what? Are you, you know, Because <laughs> yeah. he had fought the commissions forever by saying it was a sport and right. not entertainment. And then, so that's how we got around. But so, um, one of the things is you had to document anything that's sort of above and beyond. Mm. And I am the first documented wrestler in the state of Illinois to go through a table. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, so that story, so, um, you know, sometimes they just set a banquet table up like you would normally set one up. Right. And then other times they kind of prop it up in the corner. Right. And now I had always heard, try to avoid pro- the one that's propped into the corner until you're more experienced. Because what happens is a lot of times, you know, they kind of have to throw you your sort of vertical and fall back into it. And a lot of people hit their head on the table and they get a con- concussion or whatever. Right. So I was like, no problem. We can just set it up normal. Uh, so one of the guys is kind of like beating me up in the corner, uh, and the ref is knocked out. Could you believe it? The ref is knocked out. What a loser. <laughs> and when the ref is knocked out, you know, the bad guys are going to do something. All right. So, <laughs> so here come, uh, the guy I'm fighting his buddies bring this table up. Well, we, you know, <laughs> low budget organization. We had just <laughs> Jerry rigged a table together. So, uh, they go to slide the table into the ring so we can set it up normal. And the legs break off the table (laughs) as it's sliding in. And uh, the guy is still kind of like working me in the corner. And he keeps like looking out of the corner of his eye. He just keeps laughing. And I'm like, what's so funny? He's like, they just broke the table.
0: (laughs) I was was like, what?
1: He's like, they're going to have to prop it in the corner, man. I'm sorry. And I was like, all right. So, uh, yeah. And then he picked me up and kind of did a running slamming me into the, the table and the crowd went crazy right there were 40 people 40 people joe they couldn't believe it uh <laughs> and then uh <laughs> if you want another good story about it um
0: this I is awesome
1: <laughs> yeah <they> t- <laughs> um oh there's good there's chance. another one they I don't exactly remember how it's supposed to go. And I'm piecing this together from video evidence later because I legit got knocked out. (laughs) So same thing. Like the ref is down and a guy hits me from behind in the back of the head with a chair. Mm -hmm. Okay. And all I remember was like a flash of light through my eyes. And at this point I'm out. Okay. (laughs) So what's supposed to happen is now the other good guy comes to my rescue and he beats up the bad guy. And then I, he's going to wake me up and then I'm going to get up and I'm going to do my big finishing move for the win. Right. And so he beats up the bad guys. He wakes up the ref. He goes to wake me up and I just lay there. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's just kind of, he's kind of like toe kicking me like he would like a dead body or something. Right. Like, is this guy, this guy dead? <laughs> and so he's just kind of toe tapping, and kicking me. And then, uh, I don't come too, so he just kind of like shrugs and then just drags me over the guy, and then that's how I win the one, two, three, and then, <laughs> and then uh, uh, afterwards they kind of like wake me up, and I was like, "I what?" It was, <laughs> you know how they sometimes act like, "Whoa, did I just win?" Right. That was legit. I was like, "Die, I won! <laughs> what happened?"
0: <laughs> that's a fantastic, fantastic. So, what time? Frame around was this? Was this the the '90s or 2000s? What uh, when were you going th- through your wrestling journey?
1: So I wrestled uh, 1999 to about 2002. Okay, and then um, when I was in Chicago for comedy, some people kind of got wind of that I was there. I kind of made a name for myself as being recruited to go to Japan uh, in the first run. Oh, nice. And then so some people got wind I was in Chicago through the sort of the wrestling network, and then. I did a handful of shows in uh, around 2004, 2005. Okay. A little bit more. CM Punk was the big Chicago star at the time. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. did I did train with him. I didn't wrestle him. I did train with him, though.
0: That's awesome. CM Punk interests me because I thought – I mean, he was always fantastic, but I never thought – I mean, I stopped watching before he became a huge, huge star with WWE because I just assumed that with his frame and his build that he wouldn't get the push – to be a a mega star. I mean, he, he and Steve Carino back in the Steve Carino back in the day, they had similar um, styles, similar bodies and similar um, technical work. And so Steve Carino always kind of got a little overlooked in, in WCW or WWE. So I kind of assumed the same would happen to CM Punk, but very pleasantly surprised when I checked back in years later that he had a phenomenal career. So, but he's, he's an interesting cat, man. I mean, it's, he's, he's pretty cool I think uh, uh, it's it's great I think it's interesting to me how the it feel it feels like a lot of the industry has changed um, with the way we consume the product I guess I would say now I felt like the there was a very I mean I think well I think it's probably still the case of WWE where it's very storyline driven um, but one thing that I'm enjoying about it, AEW when when I started watching it was the technical prowess of a lot of the matches I think there's still room for improvement across the board but I'm really enjoying a lot of the um, more technical aspects of some of their matches with some of some of the different I I don't know if I would necessarily say the word homegrown because I think all these stars came from different places whether Japan or different groups but I mean I'd never heard of like Kenny Omega, I'd seen Ray Phoenix and Pentagon and Lucha Underground here and there, but I mean, some of these guys I'd never, never even heard of. Obviously, knew Cody Rhodes and Chris Jericho, but you know, some of these other, some of these other guys I hadn't known. And I'm, I'm enjoying quite a bit. Um, MJF had never even heard of, and so you know, I think they're building a good. Um, I think they're building their own presence, um, good or bad. I think they're making it. They're doing their best to stand out as something different to, uh, WDB. And that was the reason why I stepped away was I felt like it was, there was kind of like no competition and things had started to stagnate a little bit in my opinion. So I think it's awesome that you were able to, to participate in that and do it. What was your, um, what was your finishing move when you were in the ring? What was your, your big go-to? Uh,
1: so my finishing move, um, I don't even know what it's called. Um, (laughs) it was kind of a swinging neck breaker, but the guy was, Upside down. So normally, oh, okay. Uh so, uh, so they were. Let's see. Normally they're face down, and you kind of spin them to their back. Yeah. I did. I don't. I guess they were sort of back down. Yeah. And then I swung. They didn't. And then kind of pulled them down into a diamond cutter. Sort okay. Of I like that. So. Very yeah, cool. We call uh I was Looney J. Nooney, and that <laughs> was, that was the Loony Drop. <laughs>
0: Oh, I love it. That's awesome. All right. Well, as we're starting to wrap up this part of the show, I would say, is there one last thing you want folks to know as they're, uh, let's do this. Um, is there one thing that you're looking, that you're hoping that they get out of either your book or your stand-up comedy special, just something, maybe some kind of impression or something that you want to leave the audience
1: with? Well, you know, it's kind of interesting. It's sort of how how your show is. I'm just trying to give an escape to people. Somebody asked me earlier today, what is is something you learned as a comedian that uh, you wish you knew earlier? And I think it's so obvious as a performer, but we don't pick up on it until many years later, is that when we first start as comedians, we think I'm going to go do a show and these people are going to laugh because I'm great, I have great jokes, I'm a great performer, I'm a great comedian, and they're going to give me the laughs. But in reality, the truth is, you're there to give them an experience. Mm. They're paying for an experience. They're not paying to give you the laughs that you think you deserve. So right. that's a good thing. My my hope, you know, with the Amazon Prime special, and by the way, it's on ChristianCinema.com for people that don't want to go to Amazon. Okay, well, there you go. but, uh, but so so my hope with the comedy special Who's With Me, or the book You Can't Write City Hall, it's it's just to give an outlet to people more than anything. You yeah. know, uh, and I just told a story. Uh, so I told you the story of how this, how the pandemic started for me, how this thing came back around full circle. I just did a show Topeka, Kansas, and I didn't realize it. I was like, why is it such a big deal? The news was covered. Newspaper was there covering me. They interviewed me a couple days before the uh, local news was at the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's just a restaurant doing a comedy night, which is so normal. And, uh, had one guy. The, the restaurant was kind of shutting down, moving people out to sort of reconfigure the room so they could do a show. And uh, this one guy sees me kind of, I'm there early to get set up, and he's like, that's him! That's the dude that was in the paper! And I was like, oh, uh, hey, man. Hey, how you doing? And he's like, I thought there's no way I'll ever meet that guy! But there he is! He's right in front of me! <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I'm like, Hey man, how you doing? You know, and he takes a photo with me and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards I'm kind of talking to management. I was like, what is going on? That's such a big deal. Like it's normal. Once in a while, I get a newspaper radio station to cover me, but I've never had, I had radio, I had newspaper, I had local news. And then this guy going wacko, right? <laughs> they said, you are the first live event in Topeka, Kansas since March,
0: 2020. Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: And yeah. And so, uh, And with that, you know, so the news asked me just that, and that, and it really reminded me at that point. Look at all these people who are ready to get an experience and escape from everything else. So that's a long, long way to kind of pull it all together. Nothing special
0: in the book. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, we're going to move on to the next part of the show, which is things to check out. It is a segment where I give one recommendation of something I'm currently reading and something I'm currently listening to, and I ask my guests to do the same. So I'll go first. So listeners. Who am I reading and who am I listening to? So I'm currently reading, uh, I had bought this, uh, I'm a big Humphrey Bogart fan, and I had bought this biography of his years and years and years ago, and so I just picked it up, and I and it's just called Humphrey Bogart, and it's quite, it's quite a tome, it's quite thick, but so far, so good, I'm enjoying it, and I'm looking forward to uh, watching some more classic Humphrey Bogart movies here in the near future. And what I'm currently listening to since we've been talking about wrestling a bunch, one of my favorite uh, wrestling-themed podcasts, if you like it, is 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff. They don't need my plug at all. I only plug it because Eric was on this show previously. If you want to go listen to his episode, it's episode number 70 of the Detox podcast, Wrestling with Fatherhood. Eric was great. was fantastic. Really excited to get to record with him. A fun behind-the-scenes story. Um, he forgot that we were recording. And we had agreed to connect on Skype and I thought, oh, 15 minutes, no worries, 30 minutes, no worries. And then I went, oh, maybe he thought it was the next hour. So I waited around and then I tried to connect with him at like nine o'clock, nothing. And then 9.15 comes and I went, hmm, I wonder. And I hit Skype and it auto forwarded to his wife's cell phone um, and so she picks up and me not wanting to seem, uh, you know, uh, forward said, uh, hi, my name is Joe Shaw. I am supposed to be doing a podcast with your husband. Uh, it Skype auto forwarded to your phone. And she's like, oh, yeah. yeah, Okay. Hold on a second. Eric, Eric, were you supposed to do a podcast? And he's like, I don't, I don't think so. And then he gets on super generous, super nice apologized profusely said I'll be ready in 15 minutes you can have as long as you want all good super sorry I just totally forgot and wow. so he he was a delight so definitely definitely go check it out he uh he's great
1: but but Jeremy what are you reading and who are you listening to so it's funny I don't know if you saw me pull up my cell phone but I couldn't remember the name of this book I'm reading <laughs> <laughs> so uh this is called platform get noticed in a noisy world mm. uh Michael Hyatt is uh, the author. He's the president of a gigantic uh, book publishing company. I don't recall which one, but um, so it's sort of a informational book. If you've got a a product a service, a book (laughs) that you're trying to, you know, get noticed Mm -hmm. Uh, sort of this uh, kind of explanation. It's sort of the steps he took and, and you know, some guidance. So uh, as far as, listening to uh I'm, I'm a podcast guy i kind of mix it up so um i listen a lot to um now i'm gonna have to pull up my thing because uh, <laughs> i forgot what it's called industry standard with barry katz Are you oh, familiar nice. with that one i've heard um, of it i've not actually listened to it so if you're not familiar so barry katz is a uh prominent um showbiz agent typically works with comedians um and so he you know he's negotiated comedy specials and sitcoms and et cetera, et cetera. And so it's a podcast of him basically sitting down, having a conversation and getting to know various uh comedians, writers, big time producers, et cetera. And uh nice. sort of a backdoor insight into the world of, of entertainment. That's awesome. I love that. All right. Well, we are
0: coming out to my favorite part of the show this is the dad joke of the week it's a segment where i hurl dad jokes at my unsuspecting guest in an attempt to get them to laugh while the audience groans but i can't hear the audience i can only hear my guests so it works out right. but i do like to put my guest on the spot jeremy do you have any jokes you would like to offer up today
1: Uh well i guess i have to now <laughs>
0: well, the last comedian said oh that's funny i probably should offer up jokes And then 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 just (laughs) just laid out and said, Hey, you're not on the clock. No
1: worries. (laughs) But do you have any jokes? You know, uh, I got a couple. So one, these are what they call street jokes. So these are some, uh, not my jokes. So I don't want other comedians to be like, he told somebody's joke. Well, these are the type of jokes you'd find in a book. I would never do on stage, but when people say, Hey, do you have a joke? These are the type of ones I bring up. So, uh, one, there's uh, three three fishermen out on a boat, and uh, Jesus appears. And so uh, Jesus says, gentlemen, I know you're all hurting in different ways. I want you to tell me what each of you need, and I'll I'll heal you right on the spot. This one guy goes, oh, Lord, my back has been hurting for years and years. I can't get around. And Jesus touches him, says, you're healed. And then the next guy says, oh, Jesus, my knees, I've never been able to, to walk normal in the past several years, you know. And he touches his knees, says, You're healed. And the third guy goes, Don't touch me, Lord, I'm on full disability. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> um,
0: all right, Jeremy, uh, what do you call a dog that can do magic? What's that? Uh, a labricad- a Labrador. A Say that three times fast. Woo. Easy for me to say. Uh, so, that, oh.
1: You might have got me if you got it out the first time. I know. I know.
0: It's tricky. It's not a very good dog that can do magic. I'll say that much. All right. <laughs> um, so my wife asked me to sink her phone, so I threw it in the ocean. Still can't figure out why she's mad at me, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, last one I got for you. Did you know that a steak pun is a rare medium done well? It's a rare medium done well. Is a steak, <laughs> steak pun a steak pun?
1: <laughs> okay, got it. Yep, yep, yep. All <laughs> right. Well,
0: that has been the death joke
1: of the week.
0: It's best to end on a low note, uh, is what I find. So, Jeremy, if people want to follow you and see what you're up to, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: So my website's jeremynunez.com. I'm on all the major social media. Uh, if I was the first Jeremy Nunez in there, my handle is Jeremy Nunez. If I wasn't, the handle is Front Porch Comedy. So you can find me Facebook, Twitter. Uh, just now starting to tinker around with Instagram and TikTok. So any of those. And then, um, yeah, the book, man. You can't write City Hall, uh, the special. Who's with me? And um, I don't know. Help Perfect. feed my family. Yep, there you go. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a delight. I look forward to having you back on again in the future.
1: Yeah, had a great time, Joe. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. Well, listeners, you've been detoxing with detox. Now go out and make a more inclusive world. If you know of an interesting person or story that needs to be told, please reach out to me at detoxpodcast at gmail.com. That's D T A L K S podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Detox Podcast or visit DetoxPodcast.com. Also, be sure to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes if you like the show. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps us out. Link is in the show notes. Finally, thanks for listening. Please come back next week when we'll have another interesting conversation. And special thanks to my producers, Ben Lawant and Galan Aldaco. Without your help and support, this show wouldn't be possible. Thanks so much, guys. Detox is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's v o k a l n o w.com.